challenges to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes to spirit? Yes, yes I am. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I'm ready I am. Too. Saying yes to spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Thanks for joining us today. As you know, if you've listened before, every week we have a theme, and today our theme is walking through walls. Walking through the wall of doubt, the wall of fear, the wall of divorce or anger, the wall of illness. How does saying yes to spirit help you in walking through those walls? So I think it's going to be a really great show. Um, And before we get into that, we want to see if there's any way to connect the dots between the theme for this week and the theme the last time we were together, which which was synchronicity. Yes, my favorite thing, connecting the dots. Yes, it is. (laughs) And it occurred to me at the end of the show, you know, two weeks ago, because we took a little break last week, we actually came up with this theme for today's show based on what we were talking about, synchronicity, and the idea that when I'm really in that place of synchronicity or place of uh, being in the spiritual form, that walking through walls is almost part of it. You know, having some extraordinary experiences or, you know, having all the, I think we talked about having the green light lane, living in the green light lane, that that uh, is part of that synchronicity experience. So I think that walking through walls, I love it when there's actually a connection. And certainly I think that is the connection that walking through the walls of difficulty or pain or, physical or spiritual unrest um, is, well, now I'm going to wonder about this because is it that I'm walking through the walls or the walls don't exist if I'm in my city mode? Oh, see, now I'm pondering something. I hate when I have to ponder. I think I have my thought and then I have to stop myself and go, darn, I might not really think that. <laughs> you, know? uh, you, only have, you, you only have to think it for, you know, the 25 or 30 seconds that you use to make the point and then you can think something different. <laughs> then I can change my mind. I am a woman after all. Wow, that's uh, interesting. So, well, what do you think? Do you think the walls don't exist if we're in the synchronicity, or do you think the walls are just moved through easier? Well, I think without getting deeply into the talk, the theme for this week, as it relates to synchronicity, I think that, okay, what do you think, Tracy? <laughs> I think that when we are experiencing synchronicity, the walls don't exist. Okay, okay. See, as I started talking, I think that's what I think, too. That's not what I was starting to say, but I think when I stop, that's what I think as well. And that, yeah, and so, but a lot of the, I, I could see it the other way. I could be convinced the other way that there are walls, but when we're in synchronicity with spirit and with divine presence, that we notice the walls dropping sooner and faster because we are in sync with the spiritual foundation for our lives. Uh-huh. Yeah, good point. See, yeah, yeah they can be kind of a, a both and. But, yeah, I think I'm going to now stand in the idea that they don't exist because I think they don't exist, and I think I create them. But if I'm in my synchronicity, and that is getting into today's topic, but yes. So anyway, I've worked it out in my own head. I feel better. I don't care really much about anybody else feeling better at this point, but I'm feeling really comfortable with my belief. <laughs> well, good. So we'll take a break. We'll take a one-minute break, and we'll come back and talk about walking through walls. 
your comments or questions. 347-850-1523. And you're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, hosted by Leslie and Tracy. Welcome. Our theme today is Walking Through Walls. And in the context of spirituality and saying yes to spirit, I think what you said right before the break, Leslie, is so important. Like, if you're really walking in spirit, if you're really saying yes to spirit in your life, are there walls? Do walls exist? And um, I think that's, that's something for us to really think about um, and I think on the human side, if we're spiritual beings having a human experience, that on the human side, yes, we experience doubt, we experience fear, we experience um, anger, and not just emotional experiences, we experience divorce or illness or losing a job, and we have a reaction to that, and in some ways those reactions become or can easily become a wall separating each one of us from our divine spiritual source. So, um, so I don't, you know, it, it, it is a both and. Are there walls or do we experience walls? Or if we're walking in spirit, the walls don't exist. I don't know. Let's talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> as you were talking, I even thought of a different layer as well that, you, the examples you gave of losing a job, losing a, a spouse, or having some disruption in the human experience, is that really a wall, or is it the story that I tell myself about the event that creates the wall? Can the event just be a flat experience if I don't allow myself to get in the story of, oh, you know, I, I don't have any value because I don't have a job, or nobody will ever love me again because I lost my my spouse, so, on a you know, a are there walls if we're spiritual or if we're, you know if we're in that Zen-like experience, and b even on a human plane, does the experience create the wall or does our reaction or response to the experience create the wall? Ding ding ding! Leslie wins a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> See, I like it when I get to you know act like I know the answer. That's it. You do know the answer, know and and you're like me. Knowing the answer and living the answer are two completely different things. That's so wrong. That is so wrong. I was telling a woman yesterday that I um go and do some jail work. I do some classes in the Dallas County Jail, and uh, I was telling her yesterday. You know the old adage that uh, people who can't teach. I said I'm living that out really well, <laughs> teaching everybody else how to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole other thing to doing part. Oh yeah, the, the that we teach what we most need to learn in practice. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. But but I agree with you. I think I think you are absolutely correct that the event or is itself is neutral. The event is simply something that is happening and it's the story we make up about it or the way we react to it that is what creates any sense of separation and and that we really can be at choice about that or at least we can be at choice in noticing what story we're making up that creates separation and then changing the story or choosing something else. Or choosing something else. And you just said um, something that I thought was so... Interesting. Oh, separation. You said separation. And isn't that why? That is the wall. If we're if we're gonna really drill down for me, what is the wall? The wall is separation. And I was um texting a a, a friend this morning and going back and forth with with my desire to have faith in the moment of the wall. You know, in the moment of my struggle, I really want to be able to demonstrate faith. And yes. um, it's the lack of faith that creates the wall. And if I was experiencing faith, I really wouldn't experience the wall. It's kind of like I can't have both at the same time. 
Exactly. They cannot coexist. That's so interesting. And maybe that's why, I, I, personally, I will go back and forth. You know, my circumstance, my human experience has kind of stalemated probably the last year. Nothing much has changed in the human plane. But my emotional yep. reaction and response has been everywhere. <laughs> you know, and I think that's really always interesting to point out for myself. You know, to remember that it really has nothing or very little to do with the actual circumstance. It really is all about my reaction or response to it. Yeah, it's do we tell the story that this is bad, this is hard, this is um, dangerous, this is unfair? Do we tell ourselves that story or do we choose the other story that, oh, this clearly is happening for a reason, this, is, this must lead to good, this is something that I don't understand but I'm not worried about it. I mean, either way, we're telling ourselves a story and it demonstrates our faith or it doesn't. Yes, 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 yes. It demonstrates our faith or it doesn't. Yes, yes. Or or actually... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Or actually, it demonstrates our faith, period. So it demonstrates whether our faith, if if you could measure faith on a scale of 0 to 100, it demonstrates whether my faith is at a 20 or at a 90. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not that I don't have faith. It's just at what point along the spectrum is my faith exhibiting itself as a 10 or as a 5, as a 0.1, or is it demonstrating at a 95% or a 100%? And so it's not that you demonstrate faith or not. You're just demonstrating at what depth or at what strength your faith is operating in that situation in your life. Well, that's interesting. So so there can be gray. You know, in 12-step programs, we don't like gray. It's black. It's white. I'm either in the red lane or the green lane. I'm really not. I'm not the stop and go lane. That's just not fun or pleasant. But uh, so you're saying there's a, 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 a grade of, you know, maybe I'm a hundred percent stuck behind the wall or yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, no, I was just when you said that, it's like actually I would think that having a scale would be even more helpful if. If you are thinking, if someone is deep thinking, you know, it's either black or white, it either is or is not, then it would be easier to say, well, maybe not one through 100, but that faith exists at one through 10. And so it's not that I'm at 10 or zero, I'm at five. My faith is demonstrating as a five. That's concrete. And versus it's all faith or no faith. So say that a different way. So you're saying that I could be anywhere 10 or below and I'm still practicing living in faith, but if I go above a 10, then I'm into the human realm and kind of outside of the spiritual reaction or response? Well, I don't know. Let me think about that. Is that what I was saying? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I know what I was saying, but is that is that a, a point that, that fits what I was thinking about? Um, that's interesting for me, and maybe that's a different show, because I think even at a 10, we are, if we are choosing and acting in with faith, it's still human, because if if we were spirit itself, you know, faith is not an attribute of spirit in the sense of having to do something and believe in something else. Spirit only knows itself as perfect. Yes. So really deep. So if I was really in my Zen, I would even be aware of a story or a wall or, you know, a need to shift or change or have more faith. You know, that's that's so obvious. It's sublime, isn't it? But 
Yeah. So maybe so maybe I can agree with you that ten is you know, you really are living in that place where there is no separation. And I'm not thinking about your total life in every aspect of everything you do. I'm thinking, you know, in a certain experience or a certain relationship or a certain setting, am I operating with no separation between me and God itself, between me and spirit? And if in that situation I am operating with no separation, seeing the good, knowing it is good, knowing I am good, then I am operating at no separation. And and part of me says, so yeah, that would be a 10 on faith. And part of me is thinking, well, it's not a 10. It doesn't have anything to do with faith. It is just being. It is accepting the fullness of life. And I don't have to have faith in. Ooh, this is a good question. So when we talk about having faith, are we, I mean, who or, who or what are we saying we have faith in? It's, it's like putting it outside of ourselves. I need to have faith in God. Oh. I need to have, and it's oh. really not faith in God as an external being. It's having the faith of God being totally, that you are totally in alignment with God. So it's the faith of God versus faith in God. <laughs> now that, now that, that's, that's, I get a little feeling in the back of my neck when something's really, really deep, right? Right? That's really deep. Because, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. that, it's the faith of God, not the faith in God, as if God is someone or something I call when I get in trouble and then I'm going to have faith in that. The 911 God. Yes. I was trying not to say that since I'd say that so much. <laughs> well, let me that, just that's that's what, Yeah. And, you know, I can recall moments um, I used to have a friend that said that I that I truly believe she said about me, she was making a comment about me, that I really believe that worrying is doing something. You know, I I grew up if I'm worried then I am participating in the solution. I am doing my part. I'm worried. <laughs> you know and uh, so uh I can recall moments of um unrest in the human plane where I almost felt uh, well, no, I didn't almost, but I felt high. I felt I felt like I was out of my mind. I didn't have any worry. I didn't have anxiety. I just was at total peace with this external chaos. And I can remember the experience was like, you know, the thing you can't talk about in words. It was that pureness. It was that authentic divine spirit. And within, you know, seconds or moments or whatever time frame, that that human mind started clicking back in, I started going, oh, that can't, you know, I can't be at peace. I have to worry. You know, I can't, that's, I almost felt like I had died. You know, and it was like my mind was like, no, come back, come back. We have to worry. We have to do something. We have to get, you know, we have to get into action here. And um, just when you said, you know, <clears throat> we are faith, or say that again, we, is that what you we are faith? Is that the? Well, the question of where are we placing our faith and is it faith in God, in an external being or answer, or is it the faith of God, of the God with working through me, God within me, God with me is working in this situation? And isn't that interesting? Because all of that, all of that terminology that we use so, or I use so frequently, and kind of, you know, just wrote without really thinking about it, does absolutely reaffirm and signify to this external source that I'm leaning on, or wanting to gain strength from, or you know, yes, and our our more. Um, not even traditional, but I think you know many of many of the mainstream 
religions do have that sense of and do teach the lesson in a way of, you know, it is bigger than you and it is outside of you and it is it. God is a power and and both from the love side and the judgment side, you know, God is a power that controls what is happening in the world. And so, yeah, you can think of all kinds of songs leaning on the everlasting arms. You can think of all kinds of Bible scriptures where it is, you know, the faith in God to save you and to save the world. And so it is just a part of our cultural language in terms of, you know, how we express it. But the, And I can't take full credit for, you know, thinking in this moment about the distinction between faith in God and faith of God because there is actually... Um, you know, a section either in Inward Journey or in Practitioner Training where that question, you know, we actually grappled with that question. What's the distinction between having faith in God and having the faith of God? Yeah, that's and I hadn't thought about it, you know, I hadn't thought about it since whenever that class was a year ago or two years ago but it hit me as we're talking about this walking through walls. When I'm walking through walls, I am walking with the faith of God, not faith in God that God is going to, outside of me, break through the wall or tear the wall down because I'm walking through it, which means I am walking with the faith of God, a part of my decision, a part of my self-perception, a part of who I am. Well, now, see, I thought we had agreed that if I am experiencing, if I am experiencing the faith of God, if I'm in, in touch with that, experiencing that at a 10, then there's no walls. Did I, did I misread that we hadn't agreed to that? <laughs> well, no, we agreed to that, but that was, you know, that was 18 minutes ago. <laughs> Yes, true enough. True that. We do tend to go from one to the... And it gets deeper and deeper. Again, you know, we, we say this a lot, but it, as you're listening to our conversation, I so encourage people to have these kind of conversations amongst themselves, to really sit down with a concept or an idea and spend time only delving deeper into our own understanding of it. I think so many times, and I love going to classes, and I love being taught, and I want someone else to just come in and give me the answer and clean my house and, you know, run my life. I think that's fun. But at the end of the day, if I slow down and stop and have these conversations, all of the wisdom, all of the energy, the answers are within my ability to domino down to getting. And um, and then there's certainly extraordinary about that. We all have that. Ability. It's just a question of stopping and taking the time to have the conversations with ourselves, our journal, our you know spiritual moments, or each other. Yes, and I believe that when we start doing that, we make it our own. We make the knowledge our own, and there are so many things that are paradox. So, in, you know, one from one viewpoint. It may seem like what you're saying is is opposite of what you said 18 minutes ago, but on the other hand, it's like it really is both. So, so what triggered for me after you asked that question did not did we not agree that if you are walking in faith and saying yes to spirit, that there probably would not be a wall? And yes, we agreed that and. And I think when I'm operating at an 8 instead of a 10, I create the wall. That's true. I create the wall because of my doubt or my anger or my unwillingness, you know. And what makes the wall go away is that I elevate myself to that point 
where I'm back at the 10, and now I walk through that wall of doubt. Even though I created it, I can't walk through it until I am willing to step into divine partnership with spirit and trust that I'm going to be okay on the other side of the wall. See, and look at that divine partnership. See, that's a that's a that's a duality, isn't it? This is, this is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And so, if there is if at a ten, there is no wall, then then I don't have any of that that gray. If I'm if I'm if I'm in that gray of um, experiencing the wall with ease or really hitting the wall and, you know, causing a bruise on my head, anywhere within that scale is still outside of experiencing the faith of, say that again, say my bumper sticker again, that I'm going to make millions of dollars on faith of God. I'm I'm living (laughs) in the faith of God. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Yes, that can be our bumper sticker for this week. Living in the faith of God instead of living in, living with faith in God, living in the faith of God. We could probably sell a lot of those. (laughs) The people, it's just one of those things that makes your head kind of spin around, right? Really stop and think. Makes me stop and think. So I have a question for you. Oh, yes. I know, and any of our regular listeners, if they've listened to even 20% of our shows, they also know that one of your most desired dreams for your life (laughs) is is to walk through a wall is to have the mystic experience of walking through a wall. Literally, yes, yes, a literal wall, yes, yes. And so when you talk about that, it's the mystic experience of a physical person literally walking through a physical wall. Correct. So So in the context of this conversation, as I was, you know, getting ready to set up this morning, you know, for the show, I thought, oh, walking through walls, that's what Leslie really wants to do. So is it really, if you're a mystic, Uh do you even have any concern about the physical person walking through the physical wall, or is it all about the spiritual being passing through a spiritual wall, and then, of course, the image that went through my mind was Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> so, yes, yes, it's so good. See, you made all the way through that without, yes, laughing at me. But, yes, very good. I'm with you so far. Go ahead. Yeah, so the question is, so how does this topic of walking through walls of doubt, fear, divorce, anger, illness, how does that fit with this? concept you have and hold so dearly about a mystic walking through walls. Mm-hmm. See, now I have new homework for myself, because am I, am I correct in saying that that, that that was one of the miracles or one of the parlor tricks that Jesus did as he walked through walls? Now, you know you just tick some people off with Jesus and parlor tricks in the same <laughs> sentence. I know that was just my idea of fun, but... Um, Yes, was that one of the one of the miracles? Turning water to wine, walking through a wall. Am I correct in that? Yes. Yes. Okay. I just wanted. Yes. So, so that's where I get my idea because I do, I do, and and it's interesting because I do use the word politics mostly for effect. But I think that many master teachers, unfortunately, to be recognized or to get people's attention if Jesus came along or Buddha came along and just verbalized things many times even their contemporaries would maybe not listen or not and they certainly 
wouldn't have the long-term effect unless they had some, you know, we're always looking for proof, proof that that this is the real thing. And yes. that, the human, um, I'm sorry? The human in you is always looking for proof, human, yes. yes. Yes, yes. So, um, so the idea of the of of what the mystical miracles that different master teachers uh, have performed to me, I think they think of them as parlor tricks because they I think they see it as a means to an end that they understand these sweet, wonderful, loving spirits that are operating on a lower vibrational level, you know, more in their human than they are their spirit, even though they are exactly as I am, they need to see this, you know, me walking on water to get their attention. And so I think to Jesus or Buddha, Master Jesus, they they kind of see it as a parlor trick, and they understand that the people around them will now pay attention to the real message, which is love and kindness and do unto others as you would do. You know, those sorts of messages would only go so far without, quote-unquote, the parlor tricks. Does that make sense? Well, and, well, I'm a little conflicted. In I could respond from a couple of different angles, um, and one of those angles is we have to remember that all of the stories were written down anywhere from 50 to 500 years after the death of Jesus. And so uh-huh. and so it's all metaphysical. How would we explain this to someone to get the point of it? Oh, no, that's so, curious. So, you know, feeding thousands of people starting with a tiny amount of bread and you know, ending up with bread and fish for all, you know, so was there some physical event where there were masses of people at the side of the water and Jesus was there and people left feeling dead? Yes. Do they actually tangibly all have bread and fish or were they fed from the manna of spirit, the bread of life, the spiritual foundation. I mean, so so even the, you know, Jesus was buried in the tomb and three days later when people went to pull back the stone, he was gone. You know, did he walk through walls? Did he walk through the barriers of the cave? You know, is it about the physical story or is it about the metaphysical example of you can be contained by all things human and go beyond that because you actually are a spiritual being. So, or, you know, you if you operate with the faith of God instead of faith in God to save you uh, and to change everything around you. Yeah. So, so there's that part of me that's not able to let go of, but it's all metaphor and versus... Oh, does it actually physically happen? You know, CNN was CNN was not on the spot with with you know TV cameras to watch Jesus walk through a wall. Yeah, but it it, is a great way to yeah. So and even and so the other part of me that you know is going back and forth even from, you know, that's my metaphysical belief, that's my belief in how spirit works, you know, there are documented examples that we don't have to go back 2,000 years for of people doing all kinds of things that don't seem to be humanly possible. Yes, and I guess that, yes. And I think that, and I I think what you're saying, I'm wondering if, like you're saying, it's, it's, it's more of, if everybody's in the presence of that mystical divine energy, you know, do I see, you know, do I feel fed even though, you know, it's not a literal feeding or am I um, 
needing to be calmed on the sea, and so I see, you know, this this person that I have faith, in, you know, that I have faith in at that moment, you know, walking forward and giving me peace for calming the sea. And um, it, is it more of the energy within me connecting, you know, becoming awakened? I guess does that make sense? Yes. Or is it I'm literally this thing? Go ahead. No, I'm following you. Keep going. Yeah. Go. Or is it literally this this outside master teacher, you know, performing something that I'm a witness student of, or am I, you know, activating something within myself that creates the experience? And again, I guess, like you say, there's no CNN, yeah. so we don't need. <laughs> well, and the, if we are going to go back, you know, to the Bible and use the examples that are laid out in the Bible, you know, then what we do know is that Jesus said in several different places he is described as saying something that is along the lines of, you know, I am not special. Everything I can do, you can right. do. Right. And that you know, if you basically, you know, I and the Father are one and you are just like me, so you and the Father are one and all these acts that I perform, you can perform this and more. Yes. And that's why I think we could walk through walls back to your original question. Yes. Yeah, and... um, and it's just how do we define the wall? And we always define the wall. We think, we decide what is a wall in our lives. We experience things and say, that's a barrier, that's a wall, that's unfair, that's hard for me, that's impossible. We're the one that creates the wall. So if we're going to walk through it, you know, we have to find a way to walk through it. And usually it's not by trying to be a bigger and better, you know, bigger, better, or stronger than whatever the wall is. It's by being more in touch spiritually or zenning ourselves down. You know, I have a a really interesting and, um, without being too too long-winded about it, story that happened two days ago that I think... If I could have moved while I was in this state, I think I would have gone through a wall. But I, um, I, I, I didn't attempt to really move. I had a, and again, if you listen to the show a lot, you know I do some teaching in the uh, Dallas County Jail, and and I had a particularly uh, emotional group with a lot of women going into um, incest regressions and uh, past trauma experiences and, and really had to kind of use all of my skills and then some. And um, in processing that event with a friend afterwards, she had some um, criticisms of what I had done and came mm-hmm. uh, across with them. And in my own trauma history, um, in my recovery process, part of my history is is self-abuse. And when I get into my spiral all have self-abused in the past. And as she was talking and, and, and suggesting some things that I could have done differently, or and I, I started going down into my own little self-trauma cycle and uh, hit my leg, started hitting my leg and, and abusing myself. And as soon as I got off the phone with her, I thought, I am in crisis. This is not, this is not good. <laughs> Red alert kind of thing. And so I... Uh, called my spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, and she answered the phone, and I said, you know, I am in crisis. I feel my human peace spiraling out of control. I've given up, you know, quote, unquote, my power to this person who, you know, innocently enough was probably just giving some ideas, and I, because I was in a vulnerable place, took those ideas and really got into some heavy self-criticism. And Reverend Beatrice said, "Okay, I'm gonna. We're gonna go into prayer." And I was, 
actually about to go back into the jail. I was sitting in my car. I had about three minutes before I had to go back up and do another class. And so she did a two-minute prayer in which she just, you know, brought in, you know, called in. And Reverend Beatrice's practice, she's a Christian mystic, so her practice is very Christian in its wording. So she called in Mother Mary and Jesus and the Spirit and, and the light to come in and to take my unrest and my, you know, fear and anxiety and to put that aside and to actually have me experience and feel the love and acceptance of, and again, her terms from Mother Mary Jesus. And so when she got through with the prayer, I got out of my car and I went into the jail and there's an elevator ride up and I, on the elevator, I closed my eyes and I said, I'm just going to rest in that prayer. And when I closed my eyes, I had the experience of just becoming this energetic light. I, I can only describe it in, in terms of this bright, energetic, it's like I couldn't experience, I didn't experience my body, there was no form to me, I just had this light, this like a light bulb light, not like light, like not heavy, but like light, energy. And I really, mm-hmm. at that moment, that's the, I think that's the place from which I could walk through a wall, or you know, that my energy would, you know, my human form becoming that the essence of what it is all the time and really, you know, moving forward through a wall. That's how I would walk through a wall. But I'm now in my own uh, parlor trick idea that, you know, the idea that if I'm in that space, I wouldn't have a need to walk through a wall because I'm just in pure spirit, right? But um, Yeah, I think... Go ahead. I think, if, I, think if, I think, number one, that that's an amazing and powerful example of what we're talking about. That's first and foremost. And then second, yeah, it's it's the both, you know, faith in God and the faith of God. <laughs> and then you using that to step into and to walk through what was there to step into and walk as the pure being that you really are, that energetic light that, um, you know, being able to now walk back into the next group and start over, and, you know, start with that group fresh. Right, right. And, you know, it, it, that to me is such a powerful example of how even when our human gets tripped up, because as hard as it is for me to admit, I am a human having a spiritual experience. <laughs> and, uh, um you know, when that gets tripped up, the challenge for me is really how long do I let that stay tripped up? Right. And that was one of my biggest observations that, number one, you recognized where you were and you recognized the physical and emotional signs of it. And number two, that, you know, for many of us, we'll recognize, you know, we've done enough therapy or counseling or spiritual work, whatever, We've done enough and that then we get to the point of recognizing, oh, this is kind of not such a good place to be. And, <laughs> oh, this isn't really working. And, oh, you know, and we'll recognize it and then we'll sit in it for a day, a month, a year, a decade. Mm-hmm. But the, so the second thing you did, you recognized it and then you reached out for help. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what we tell people in the center and in science of mind all the time about, you know, when you don't, when you don't feel like you want to go to church because everybody's going to be so positive and you don't feel that way so you don't feel you should go, that's the time when you should go because right. there are all these other people who will remember who you are and who will support you in what, wherever you are so that you can get back to your wholeness faster and with loving support of others. Right, right, right. It is that that kind of support, that kind of other people knowing my truth when I don't know it, that brings it back to me quicker. Right, right, right. So, you know, we always talk about spiritual practices, and there are some things you can do on your own when you notice, but reaching out for help, you know, or having someone else who's very grounded in 
their own spiritual practice to pray for you right. or to coach you is actually a commitment to spiritual practice. And then when you take the action of picking up the phone or, you know, sending an email to someone and saying, you know, I'm having a really hard day, pray for peace and wholeness or pray for harmony in my work situation, you know, that's a spiritual practice partnering with, I mean, it's all one mind. It's all one God. It's all one presence. So if I, you know, call you, Leslie, and say, okay, I realize I'm disconnected and, you know, I'm trusting you to, you know, kind of refresh the connection for me or with me, that's not weakness. That's recognizing the connection is there. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. So that's not that's not a total wall because a total wall that total and I love what you said early on. I don't want to lose lose um, touch with that. That a wall is only what was the word detachment or unawareness or something of the presence within. Oh, yeah, I think I use yeah, a wall is anything separating you from God. Separating right, separating. So you know the trick is to reach out before the wall, before the separation gets so dense that we lose some of anything. You know, and I've been around people who, you know, their their wall is so dense, their separation is so complete, their mind, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's literally like not even, they don't even know what they don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. The picture that went in, came to my mind just now was, as you were telling your story about, you know, the example of what happened a couple of days ago, it's like if I had a, you know, a 12-ounce glass on my counter and I'm pouring water into the glass, it's like what happened for you as this woman was giving you feedback and suggestions, it was like she was, like the water was pouring into the glass really quickly and filling it up. And it was almost to the point of overflowing and, you know, and you called Reverend B, Beatrice. And so then, you know, the water started going down. So it didn't overflow. But what often happens is we don't even notice that's what's happening and the water's not being poured in so fast. It's more like a drip. Yes, Tracy, okay. A drip, a drip, a drip, and we don't notice it, and then it overflows when it gets to that point, and then we're like, where'd this big wall come from, and what do I do about it? Because I wasn't even aware it was building up, but now because of all the little drips, drops of messages that I got about not being enough or not being good enough or not being smart enough or not being pretty enough or not being, um, you know, the right person because of my age or my sexual orientation or my gender or whatever, those little drips of messages that create, that we don't even realize that we are creating a wall in our lives that separate us from other people let alone separate us from spirit itself, you know, those are the ones that are the hardest to break. Yeah. yeah. I had a friend once tell a story. She said many times she feels like uh, the story of you. How do you boil? This is a horrible example of vegetarian. But how oh, do you boil the frog? A frog, you know, you just pan of water and slowly heat it up because you get accustomed to that slow farming and then all of a sudden you know you're boiling and you don't even how did this happen exactly and you don't notice it and then it's like oh it's too late now i'm totally well in this case the fog is dead but right. uh, in in life you might as well be dead you're dead to your potential you're dead to your power oh i like that yeah yeah and so that's another spiritual, you know, we hadn't, we kind of talked about spiritual practices in terms of 
ways of saying yes to spirit, but staying connected with other people uh, is certainly a powerful spiritual practice. Yes, any other spiritual practices that come to mind as it relates to readying ourselves or actually taking the action to walk through walls? Again, I want to kind of, I keep kind of wanting to go back to the idea of those daily practices that minimize the walls. (laughs) Either them somewhat transparent or like, you know, two feet tall. So I can just step over them. Oh, there's a little wall. There's a little anxiety. There's a little fear. There's a little something. I'm just going to step over that because I've, you know, I meditated this morning or I journaled or I took a nature walk or whatever my daily practice is. The walls don't have a chance to grow too big. I agree with you that you see the wall and you um, and you know what to do about it and you deny the power of the wall that is building, which basically makes it fade away, melt away, or get kicked down because of the, the stronger power, the stronger force of your alignment with spirit. Right. And, I mean, you know, for, especially for someone who's visual. You know, yeah, you can visualize, you know, the wall building up at one foot, at one, you know, 12 inches in height. And, wow, that's nothing because I'm five foot eight and I don't even have to kick it hard because it's only three feet wide. If I kick it right in the middle, (laughs) it's going to, you know, fall in on itself, right? (laughs) Right. And so, and I'm not kicking it out of anger, I'm just, kicking it, saying, wait, the, me and God together, the force of us living in divine harmony and peace and joy and beauty and love, you know, you you little one foot by three foot wall, you may be made of brick and look, you look solid, but if I put pure love and awareness and joy and beauty right here in the center with my foot and a little pressure, guess what? You are imploding. You are falling down. You are breaking apart. Yeah, I love you know, that. Yeah, yeah. Will you finish with like that? Well, and that's really what what it is to walk through a wall. And if we can do that when the wall is one foot high and three feet wide, you know, if, if we do that constantly with things our humanness creates or recognizes or labels as a wall, then sure, there'll be times when there might be a wall that's then three feet high and ten feet long, but we have so much practice with the smaller walls that we can see the elements that the bigger wall is made of and walk right through them. Right. And I love, love, love that you said that wall doesn't have power, and it made me think of another piece of that story. When I was walking after Reverend Beatrice had said the prayer, before I got in the elevator, just quite a long walk from the parking lot into the jail building. And as I was walking, I had this mantra in my head going that nobody has that power over me anymore. And I was referencing it again, my dear friend, I hope she's not listening, because there was nothing ill-intended in her conversation. I just, you know, took it all very critically. But, um, you know, I was giving her that power over my self-value and, you know, as a two-year-old, if as I was being abused by an adult, you know, I didn't have the power as a two-year-old to stop. But now I do. And so for me to hook out of that or, you know, to hook into my adult and get out of that two-year-old child, and I was saying that mantra, you know, she doesn't have that power over me. Nobody has that power over me today. I am more powerful than, you know, this negative spiraling thing that can can grip me. And it's interesting that you would use that in terms of with the wall because I had forgotten that piece of the story that that was kind of the mantra as I was walking is nobody has that power over me anymore. What a great affirmation, which is, of course, another spiritual practice that we can use. That we, we can use but we don't think of it if, unless we have practiced that 
that, um, you know, that behavior over time where you didn't think, oh, I need an affirmation. What affirmation could I use now to reinforce <laughs> where I'm going? Well, oh, I don't even, how do you do an affirmation now? Fuck, you didn't do any of that. Your practice of using affirmations kicked in, and the perfect affirmation was right there, and your spiritual self just started, you know, pushing that into your mind and your body, yeah. which is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect, perfect example of of two things. One, of walking through walls. And, uh, and you know, how surprised can we be that if this is a theme for the week, something has to happen, so one of us has a great story <laughs> that will and, uh And then second, how spiritual practice, as we've talked about in so many other shows, it is the practice that, you know, and you've talked about this so well about how with meditation, you think you're not feeling anything, you think it's not having any effect, you think, I don't feel any more peaceful. Why am I doing this? And then when something big happens, that's when you notice that the meditation is what is, has now created a grounding in you Yes, that keeps you from totally reacting the way you might have a year earlier or five years earlier. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. And I think... Um, I had an old friend that used to talk about, you know, doing some sort of daily practices like putting 50 cents, you know, in the bank every day. And then when you need to make that big withdrawal when something really dramatic happens and you wonder, oh, my goodness, how did I get all that strength or where did I get all that money? Well, it's because I put that 50 cents every day. You know, I didn't have to put in $1,000 at one time. I just put 50 cents in and over time it builds up. Yeah, that is a perfect way to describe it. And so um, our time is winding down. Today's theme has been walking through walls. Any closing comments? I love it. You know, I just love it, and I do think this is a a conversation that permeates into all other areas. You know, as we talk about fear or any of the other topics we've talked about, I can see how an element of, you know, being connected or being awake or being separated. I like the idea of awake because I think the connection is always there. So it's not like I'm connected or not connected. I'm either awake to the connection or I'm separated from it. And I like that. I like the idea of that in terms of you know these these illusionary things that we we've made a story up and call them walls, right? That they're exactly. ultimately the end of our day, our choice that everything is. I'm right with you, and I agree. Let's all be more awake to the connection so that we can walk through whatever walls show up. And next week we'll be back talking about living from the inside out, being more awake and showing it in how we live. So until then, please continue to say yes to spirit. Play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.